0: Now back to Willard and Do. Take it away,
1: Mark. Thank you, Steph. We'll see you Sunday. I actually don't know if that's true. Yeah, it's Just trying to speak speaking it into existence. We just might hoping. see Draymond tonight, though. Draymond yeah. probable.
2: That was good. So, yeah, I mean, I wonder if uh, Doc Pandia, who will join us tomorrow at 1130, will tweet out, Draymond Green plays basketball tonight. Let's Might be hope. too risky for
1: the Doc. Let's hope. Yeah, that is. That's a uh, that's a guess right now, not a fact. He's probable. Speaking of things that have been tweeted out, as uh, Matt Barrows joins our conversation, I want to read something to you. Normally, I just read children's books to people, but sure. um, uh, outside of that, not a big reader. Uh, but I'd like to read this to you. Some information from a guy by the name of Brandon Ally or Ally. I think it's Brandon Ally. Uh, he is part of the founding group with this S two Cognition. Uh, outfit that is now testing right. NFL players. Mainly Don't I cor- know it, Mark? Yeah, I know you know. An, I'm
2: an OG when it comes to <laughs> S2 cognition, and it's cute well, that Matt Barrows has gotten on uh, on board with me and the good people at S2 cognition. By the way,
1: well, before I read it, now that Matt is being challenged, can we just or Matt or do you feel threatened by what Dan Debley just said? He thinks that you're uh, you're ripping off his information somehow on this S2 stuff simply because we had Brock Purdy's quarterback coach on huh. in December.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, I, uh, uh, major apologies if yeah. I did that. I would love to get your guys' S2 scores and <laughs> just kind of kind of see where you rank, what percentile uh, the two of you uh, fall into.
1: I would say Dibs is pretty high because he's pretty reactive, Matt, uh-huh. and I think he just, uh-huh. you just experienced uh-huh. it, actually. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I-, I would love to see a uh, a pre-coffee and a post-coffee score. Oh. I think there would be a dramatic swing there. <laughs> you,
2: think? <laughs> you think? I mean, uh, are you looking at me in the YouTube right now as I'm jiggling my leg and my jaw is... What, you <laughs> what, do you what do you mean? What do you mean, Matt?
1: What do you mean? Um, S2 coffee-nation. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> by the way, for those of you who are like, what the hell is S2 cognition? This is uh, uh, a process that is being used for NFL quarterbacks and draftees uh, to sort of measure... Uh, The way that they are able to process information, survey a field, react to what they're seeing. Now, this guy, Brandon Alley, he said this. He could not give out Brock Purdy's exact score because this is privileged information. Thank you. But said that his score was in the mid-90s, which is where players like Drew Brees have scored, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, all up in the mid to high nineties. He said we consider anything above the 80th percentile to be elite. And again, Purdy was in the nineties. He was asked about Trey Lance, said can't give you the exact number, but he quote scored well. He's not in the Brock Purdy range, but he didn't score poorly. So, with all of this said, is this S2 cognition deal going to be the the guiding force for teams going forward, Matt?
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's so predictive of uh, future success. In, in fact, when I was reporting the story, and maybe it took me two weeks to report it, and in that span, they went from 13 NFL clients to 14. So they're they're adding teams all the time. And, and i got to figure that, and I don't know the answer to this, but I have to figure that the 16 teams that aren't on board uh, are doing something similar with a different company or they're getting... This type of information elsewhere because it seems like if if, if you're not getting that that's a, that's a fireable offense at this point because uh, I mean Brock Purdy is really the kind of the poster boy for it not really doesn't stand out in in any of the traditional ways but he did stand out on this test and um, you know it starts to explain why he had that immediate success I mean we saw it right off the bat in that Miami game where. Uh, you expected there to be sort of a a stumble with the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo, the veteran, goes out. Brock Purdy, the rookie, goes in. And that was the thing that was most um, uh, apparent, is that uh, they they didn't stumble at all. It was the same pace. In fact, you could argue that the the offense even got better under Purdy in the the ensuing game. So uh, it it totally makes sense, and, and you can kind of see it on the field. Do we
2: know that the 49ers were aware of his S2 cognition test before they drafted him? Or did they just kind of stumble into the fact that they drafted a guy who graded very high on this newfangled test?
3: I don't know the answer to that. They are not one of the 14 teams that contract with S2. However, they do uh, work with um, uh, Brock Purdy's throwing coach, uh, Will Hewitt. Will Hewitt. I think you guys talked to him (laughs) with S2, and um, that's, uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, caught wind of the S2 score uh, in in one shape or form.
1: Yeah, interesting stuff. Okay, so uh, Matt, um, what are, first of all, how about this? Is Brock Purdy having surgery later this week? What's going on? Do we know?
3: I'll know that in about an hour. We're talking okay. to uh, John Lynch uh, here in Indianapolis at uh, two o'clock local time, and uh, the uh, I don't know, fifteen minutes or so we have with him will be um, monopolized by Brock Purdy talk. So hopefully we'll we'll find that out. But um, you know, it, it, it's 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 bad news when you show up at the doctor's office and the doctor says, "Oh, there's still too much swelling in the elbow to do the surgery. Let's wait." A little longer so um, you know the longer you wait the longer uh, his uh, return to to the field is going to be so uh, it's going to be all sorts of questions about that but also how does that affect the the quarterback timeline and does that affect whether you go after a more high-profile uh, veteran quarterback in in free agency um, given the fact that it doesn't look like brock is gonna participate much certainly in the spring and probably not the summer as well. So um, these are all uh, questions in the offing for John Lynch.
2: How much will their free agent pursuit determine what they feel about Trey Lance?
3: I mean, I I think it tells you everything. Um, One thing we already know, and and this applies to Brock Purdy as well, uh, is that these two guys have gotten hurt quite a bit in the uh, small amount of time that they've been starters. Uh, Purdy had the, the rib uh, oblique injury. Uh, we all know Trey Lance's uh, injury history. But, you know, two, two guys that have been hurt a lot in, in their uh, scant amount of starts. So, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I think it's not just one veteran that they need to bring in. I think that this is the team that needs to consider a veteran plus uh, you know, going the Purdy route, looking at those S2 scores and seeing who the next Brock Purdy is, and then picking that guy up at some point in the third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, uh, or seventh rounds this year. Because, um, you know, one, one lesson that the 49ers keep learning over and over is that you can't have too many quarterbacks.
1: So here's one problem that I see for them, though, Matt, which is that you, you go out on the market, you, you maybe want to be aggressive signing a quarterback. But the quarterback has to want to come, and and who who in their right mind would be like, yeah, I want to join this crowded uh, d- d- quarterback room with with young cheap guys. One who has uh, you know the the draft capital, the other one who's got uh, the the history of the like. Who wants to join this?
3: Because there's a high likelihood that if they're healthy, you're not playing. Well, all John Lynch needs to do to convince that quarterback is just kind of up the medical history on a board and say hey i think there's probably a great chance that you're going to get in at some point uh you might not be a 17 game starter but uh look look what we have here i mean i don't think that there's any way we're talking about a um high profile free agent but i don't know like if matt ryan gets cut by the colts i would think that that would be a good spot for him um you know i i call it the uh The Andy Dalton line, you've heard of the the Mendoza line. This is the Dalton line of, uh, that's the kind of caliber quarterback we're talking about here. And, you know, frankly, those guys don't have any real starting prospects in this league. Uh, Their their road to to starting is for uh, a guy to get injured. (laughs) Boy, that scenario seems very plausible when it comes to the 49ers.
2: And when you talk about that plausible scenario, have you gotten a sense to why the 49ers think that their quarterbacks get injured all the time? I know Kyle Shanahan came out and said, it's not him, it's just maybe bad luck. Has there been more of a deep dive from a team standpoint as to why in every year but one, Kyle Shanahan's had to use multiple guys?
3: Uh, I don't think there has been. I mean, that's another question for Lynch today, but... Um, to you know, uh, their point that these these injuries have come in all sorts of different ways. Um, you know, going back to that uh, that Garoppolo ACL in Kansas City. I mean, he was scrambling on a play and you know put his shoulder into a, a Chiefs defender. Um, you know, the, the the one that I think is preventable is, is Trey Lance. Um, you know, the the week before that that game. Uh, in Chicago, it seemed like Lance was getting too many carries. The the year before that, his first start against Arizona, it just felt like this guy was getting hit too many times and that he wouldn't be able to hold up, and lo and behold, he didn't uh, that year or or uh, the, the year after. So, um, to me, that one is obvious. Just, you know, don't run him as much as you have. Uh, this should be an off season where they're basically forcing Trey Lance to play the traditional version of the offense, the one that Garoppolo and, and Brock Purdy play. And it gets, it benefits everybody in the long run. Uh but the other ones, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, look at the, the, the Garoppolo and the Purdy injury, it's very different scenarios. Um and um, you know, different body parts getting hurt. So I don't I don't know if there is a rhyme reason. Obviously the big rhyme reason is don't allow your quarterback to get hit as much uh and uh i think that's uh that's a ubiquitous rule across the league
1: um all right matt your uh your skills are not like just readily uh, uh, evident when you walk in the room but we thought your processing of this interview was elite incredible
3: um thank you so much yeah um, it's it, 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 uh, you know, that's one thing is that you can't, you can't practice this test, you know, you have it or you don't. <laughs> that's, that's uh, right. and, uh, you don't get better every time that you, uh, you take the test. You're, you're pretty much, uh, what you are. So uh, I guess I, I was just kind of elite right off the bat. Yeah,
1: you, you, you did it, and, and we're looking for you to do it again in 45 minutes and get some real info out of John Lynch, okay?
3: Yeah, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to yell at him. Yeah, grill him. Yeah. I'm going to throw my shoe at him. Throw, at Throw some I coffee it. at
1: him. Yeah, throw, like, throw your coffee at him and uh, see how he reacts, what his S2 I'll, cognition is.
3: I'll do it for you guys. Thank you. I love it, Matt. Thank uh, you.
1: Thank you, sir. Anytime, guys. All right, there he goes. That's the great Matt Barrows. He's live in Indy. Yeah. He's getting ready to attack John Lynch in 45 minutes. And
2: I wonder about this whole notion of S2 cognition, and I'm stunned that only half the league essentially is using this in terms of the new analytics because, you know, we're all going to watch the combine this week and into next week, and it's, oh, his 40 time and his bench press and his three-cone drill and the shuttle drill and all the rest of it. A lot of it's nonsense in terms of, can you, at the snap, determine what's going on and make the right play as a
1: quarterback? Well, I, if you told me, like, forget, because I know people like, S2 Cogging, what kind of nerd juice is this? If if you told me, boy, we found this thing that, uh, that Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow are really really good at right and the rest of the league is not quite as good at that. wouldn't you be like just tell me that thing what and is then, it and all that all i want to do is draft people who do this have right. the same numbers as those guys and think about those three quarterbacks in terms
2: of their college career joe burrow lsu we know that his career was in the highest of levels sure. and he played the high leverage games but josh allen played at wyoming and yet Yes, he had a big arm, he's a big QB, and it took him a while in Buffalo to develop into the Josh Allen that we now know. Patrick Mahomes, he slid all the way into the middle of the first round because at, you know, not Texas Tech, but uh, Texas Tech. He was a little bit erratic, and he was a little bit, you know, not as polished as other guys, yet, to your point, these all three rank high like Brock Purdy. On the S2 cognition
1: scale. Well, and they've got unbelievable physical skills as well. Sure. So when you combine the two, that's when you're going to get the best in the game. And I'm not convinced, nor do I think that Brock Purdy is that. But in other words, like if if you could give me a, a less physically talented high S2 cognition guy, don't you think that's better than the low S2 cognition? Oh, my gosh, his body fills up the room guy. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Exactly. For example. Or Jeff George or whatever. Whatever. You know, big right. arm QB we've talked and, about in the past. And it's encouraging to hear that Trey Lance was, I mean, maybe not a, at an elite number, but it was good. He, quote, scored well. Yeah. I don't know what that means. And I'm by no means selling Trey Lance stock at, at, at any point, anytime soon. But, um, you know, I, I, to me, I find that encouraging. That, you know, if if what you're dealing with right now is, let's say, inaccuracy, you feel like he doesn't throw the ball accurately enough. Well, needed to Josh Allen when he played his first handful of games. So is that something that you can work on and get better because you've got good processing? I don't
2: know. I would think so. Yes, especially if you have Kyle Shanahan, the QB whisperer, as your head coach and the beautiful laminated play sheet. You would imagine that Trey Lance should be able to get better and be as good, if not better than he is right now, based on the coaching. And this is where you look at Kyle Shanahan and say, can you coach it? And you look at Brock Purdy. And he went from Mr. Irrelevant to a guy who went undefeated right. in the in the regular season. How much of that is Brock Purdy's S2 cognition?
1: How much of it is Kyle Shanahan's coaching? Probably a little bit of both. Sure, sure, absolutely. All right, Willard and Dibs, it's all brought to you by Pfizer. Uh, we're taking your phone calls at 888-957-9570. Uh, John Lynch will talk at the top of the hour. No doubt he'll say some interesting things. We will have them for you, and then we will discuss. Uh, but a whole lot of Warriors to get to as well with a very, very big game tonight. Again, I'm loving this. Even if it's faux, even if I'm making it up in my own mind, I'm loving this urgency to regular season basketball games. When you get two teams that are both in this bucket of whatever you want to call it, this Western Conference muck that's sitting there in the middle, when you get two teams that are both in it to play one another right now, it feels like a game and a half. And quite frankly, since two nights ago, I think under-discussed, undervalued how well things have gone for the Warriors. They rally in the fourth quarter and beat Minnesota. I never want to celebrate injury, never, but LeBron James getting hurt is a factor in this discussion. Well, not according to you, because well, you've been sleeping on the Lakers. But they were a team in the muck. I, again, I was not sleeping on them to make the play-in tournament. I was sleeping on them to matter Aye. after that. No, 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 no. You were asleep on the Lakers. You don't yes, get to claim I the was LeBron a, injury as a factor. No, it was a factor in the race for play-in slots. I mean, yes, the Lakers have always been in that. I was asleep on the idea of them winning a playoff series, and I remained there. I'm still there. All of it, like they're well, it's not easier winning. to be there now. Without I was, LeBron James. I never left there. But but the point is, is add that with the Pelicans got beat last night at home against a bad team. I think Orlando went into New Orleans and beat them. They're not a bad team. They <laughs> own the Warriors. And you know
2: <laughs> yes, Orlando is gonna
1: get up and give you their best they punch. They do, yeah. Is that where Ben Caro is? Is yes. he there? Yes. Okay, great. Well, did Orlando then, sweep Golden State this year? I uh, believe so. Yeah, yeah. so did Detroit, though. Don't sleep on and either of And they didn't one. even have Wiseman exactly.
0: yet. <laughs> exactly. <That laughs> think
1: about him now. now. Seriously, don't <laughs> sleep on Orlando. Let's go to Rob, Robert in San Jose. Hey, Robert, what are you doing?
0: Uh, just working. Tell us. Uh, I have to agree with uh, I think Ronnie, who uh, your, was your first call, and I think the Warriors gave up too soon. And it bothers me when I hear people say that the reason the Warriors gave up so quickly was a three and seven start. The three and seven start is because of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. So I think it's unfair to blame the kids for that. And those guys need to look in the mirror because Klay uh, Thompson didn't pick up a basketball all summer. Draymond Green, we all know the story of him. They're the reason the Warriors got off to a 3-7 start. Well, He's the only one that showed up ready to play. Robert, don't you
1: think, like, well, I'm this, not going to deny what you're saying, but don't you think it's a little bit simplistic to just be like Clay and Draymond? Like, the reason Draymond was, was, as you would put it, maybe a little bit hampered is because of an emotional situation that was born out of, yes, mainly his fault, but it was born out of this this larger idea of young versus old. Like, who's going to, you know, there's the the Rihanna song, man. Like, who's going to run this town tonight? The whole Warrior camp, as it seems now, was about that. Like, are we going to focus on the vets or focus on the young guys? And it led to a, a, a lot of feelings, I, I, what if you will.
0: What, what I hear you saying, Mark, is that Draymond had his own agenda, and that was to get a new contract. So that was what that was about. No, that's not what I said. Draymond,
1: Draymond had an agenda which was to, to to try to repeat, and also, well, his agenda was to all, check Jordan Poole. Yeah, like his agenda. But like, like I'm not just talking about Draymond, Robert. Like, I think you know, you you have a point. I, I, I'm not saying you don't, but but Steph and Clay had the same agenda as Draymond Green, which is they still want this to be their team. Well,
0: they wanted. They 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 may still want it to be their team, if you want it to be your team, come in ready to play from moment one. You don't get to slack off say, well, we won four championships, therefore we get to slack off we'll start to play when we want to play. If you want it to be your team, then show up ready to play like Steph Curry always shows up ready to play and take care of your business. Those two guys did not do that, and that's the reason for the 3-7 start. I think the Warriors will end up regretting, in the long run, James Wiseman. No, he's not going to be ready for another couple of seasons. I agree with that. But they gave up too soon. Yeah. Steph, and it was the only one that came ready to play. Dre and Clay are the reason for the 3-7 start.
1: Robert, it's a good yeah, it's call. An inter- it's, it's an interesting a, it's call. It's a good call. I and think I it's, wonder if again. they
2: will regret giving up on James Wiseman, quote, too soon. It's he's possible. Gonna make, he's going to make $12 million next year, and that was going to be his final year. Were they going to, like, sign James Wiseman long-term after that? I don't know if James Wiseman was going to be good enough, soon enough, to where Joe Lacob would look at it. Like, you look at Jordan Poole in the extension, and you can see what you have in jordan pool and you could see why they gave him a four-year extension for massive money whether or not you agree that they did it too soon or they did it at the right time you can see that jordan Poole is a player who is legit in the association james wiseman is probably two or three years away from that so are the warriors going to have him play this year and next year and then extend him Probably not.
1: Probably not. Like, Okay, let's unpack this player by player, because this is one... I mean, I I, I remember the Clay conversation early, and people were frustrated, uh, but they were more frustrated in like, oh gosh, send him to the bench, or oh gosh, he's never going to be the same again. That's one of the first times I've heard someone really come down Clay's road for, quote, not being ready to start the season. He wasn't. Well, but, but it was sort of packaged to us as a mental health issue. So are we... Yes and no. Are we coming down Clay's road for how he handled the offseason? Yes, in particular. Yes, we are. okay. then and that's that's fine to be your stance. I will just remind everybody that the Warriors have made no bones through the last few years about the idea that we are targeting health and high level play in April, not November. right. That's not what we're doing or here. October. Now, if you look at Clay's first ten games, Uh, When the Warriors
2: opened up the year 3-7, and Clay played in eight of those games. He averaged 15 points a night. He shot 36% from the floor, 33% from three. He was bad. He was awful. He was bad. And he openly admitted he didn't play during the summer. So mental health or physical health, whatever it was, he was not
1: ready to play at the start of the year. But did you grab that as laziness? Because I don't think that's what was going on. I, whatever you want to assign it to, the simple fact was
2: they started three and seven, and he was not good. That is correct.
1: Now I also think that they were more strategic than we're giving him credit for, and they absolutely thought we can be a little bit less than our best and not go three and seven. Right. And I was wrong. And I correct. They were wrong. They were wrong. Yeah. And if you want it, I think you can have a very fair conversation about Clay and Draymond and where they were mentally and physically at the start of the year. However, you may not, in my opinion, you may not just say, well, the three and seven start was their fault. It was Draymond and Clay, and nothing else. As you pointed out. It was a collective. Well, but for you James Wiseman fans, he played in those 10 games. Yeah. And he was like the worst defensive player in the whole league. He was bad. Now... Young guy. Needs time. Again, there's a response to each and every one of these things, but to me, they've all got a share in that. They've Absolutely. All to, part of why James Wiseman is not on the team anymore is because he didn't catch up to speed as quickly as he could have, should have. Like, I don't think it's crazy to... I know he's young, but he's also been around the league for three years now. Right. It's not crazy to ask him to understand the defensive rotations... A little bit quicker we get other young players who have why is why is kaminga developing and wiseman's not and and like that's working only to a degree right but it's working i think that under the same roster and the same surroundings when we look at the three
2: and seven start it's easy to say james wiseman was bad and that's why they lost that's unfair because as we mentioned yeah. before this team rises and falls with the veterans draymond Steph and Clay, you are the three that when you win, you get the credit. When you lose, you get the blame. And I think that the team thought, hey, we can play James Wiseman a bunch early on and hope for the best. And you fell in a hole. And I think that Anthony Slater had it right. We played the cut earlier where you thought that you could kind of two-timeline your way through the early part of the season. And you could play Kaminga. You could play Wiseman. Maybe you could play Moody, a little PBJ, a little Ryan Rollins, whatever. You could get these guys involved and you still would be a good team. Now, last year you started 18 and 2. So last year would have been the year where you could have played James Wiseman a bunch because you were 18 and 2. Right. It wouldn't have mattered if you kicked a bunch of games away but he wasn't healthy enough to do that.
1: Yeah. I, I Like, it's so fascinating where we point the finger. Uh, we can get into that a little bit more. Uh, some other things Slater, Anthony Slater, Slates, said, uh, said to us yesterday about this that you should hear. We'll have that coming up next. And plenty of room for your phone calls at 888 Danny Morang with the Blazers is going to join us in a half hour. John Lynch is talking in a half hour. we got a lot going on. Stay with us here on 95.7 The Game.
0: This is James Watson, And now back to Willard and Dibbs.
1: I thought we retired that, man. No? Never. Back to Wiseman. This Wiser. is James Wazeman. Yeah. Now back to Willard and Dibbs.
3: <laughs> that one Now back get. to Willard and yeah, Dibbs. That's that one why he got get. dealt. Yeah, exactly. You know
1: your show. I mean, I've always wondered why y'all want to put another eye in there. There's no Ian Willard. Yeah, ah, this there is. is James Wiseman. Now back to
2: Williard and, and dives. <laughs> uh, yeah, people want to put an extra B on my name. Yeah,
1: well, totally okay, but, it, but it doesn't change the pronunciation sensation. No, but it changes the spelling. Yes.
2: And yeah. Williard is like a, William. A, a, For example, the name a, William something. is not Will-I-Am. It's not Will-Am. It's Will-I-Am.
1: It is Will-I-Am if you're the Black Eyed Peas. Cor-
2: and if you spell your name William, it's W-I-L-L-I-A-M. Right. That's how you spell William.
1: R- unless it's Willem, like Defoe.
2: Thank you. That would be W-I-L-L-E-M.
1: Correct. Yes. Which is different.
2: Yeah. So Williard, Williard, Willard, Willard should be E-R-D. <sighs> Get me, Tom, on the phone. <laughs> and uh, I want to say Nancy every time. It's you, Carol.
1: You are hungry, aren't you?
2: Starving. Do you know what I just looked up? Tell me, Mark. Well... I went into to, to our company kitchen to try to get some foodstuffs. And what'd you come up with? Not a thing. Why? Tumbleweeds. There's nothing in there. Nothing available? Nothing. Yeah.
1: Spadoni got peanut butter pretzels, and he offered me one, and I well, said... Well, no, oh, I, peanut butter pretzels are amazing, but not when you're doing a radio show. Like one peanut butter pretzel could back ruin an entire <laughs> Seriously. show. Seriously. I'm telling you, man, when we were back doing pandemic uh and I was doing pandemic nighttime solo radio. Oh yeah. There were a list there was a list of foods that I'm like, these are they're on the do not fly list. You may not touch those during because if something get caught in your throat when you're doing solo bedroom pandemic radio, tough. the world comes to an end. It's over. Like, you're not... I mean, there's nothing anybody can do. It's just one choking human being on a bedroom floor, and the show's over, and we go to commercial, and people start getting phone calls and get fired. Yeah. Fat choke artist. Peanut butter pretzels, no fly list. I was No doing, fly
2: uh, list. I was doing pandemic radio. I did a little bit of Jolo and Dibs, and then I did Steiny Guru and Dibs, and uh, we would come back, and I could eat a burger <laughs> because we'd come back, and it was... Hey goo. Hey goo. So I knew that we were gonna I hey goo our way into every segment. <laughs> uh, so after he the hey goo to, I, I tried. to I Yeah big homie. I big homie to, I hey goo, to, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Not my Google just woke up. Hey Google I try no, to me, I hey, no not not, Surely, Google. not you, Google Go back to bed, back Google to sleep. Yeah. No, I try to make you feel at home and, and sometimes uh, go on a rant that would allow you to go get some food. Nah, in general. Yeah. But also you, you
2: don't mind if I knife in. Not I, at all, and I love it. Interrupt. I, I love that
1: about you. Um, well, you also brought up as far as snack options that you were potentially going to go to Costco later.
2: For sure, I uh, know it's it's confirmed.
1: It's I am confirmed. Going, all right, so the, they don't eat too much because you're going to Costco. The
2: San Francisco Costco is very underrated. I've been to the San Leandro. I went to a bunch. The Richmond one. I don't love the configuration. There's the Concord, and then there's the San
1: Ramon. All of them good Costco's. I love Costco. I love I'm all Dan of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love all Costco's. It's, Costco's like pizza, right? There's only just different versions of good. Some are better than others, yeah. but they're all good. Yeah, you cannot, right, don't, you know, I don't like that on my pizza. I like everything on the pizza. So I got
2: some items that I have to get today okay. at Costco, and I may just pick up 87 rolls of toilet paper just on principle. Well, but uh, Spadoni actually said to me, because I said, I'm going to Costco, he said, save your appetite, get you a slice of pizza or a hot or dog. Or the hot dog. Yeah, right, yeah. right.
1: And now we're talking food, so Kyle is, is jumping at the bit. So <laughs> it's what's it's to go. Yeah, what's going on? What are we you doing? You were
2: just mentioning that there are all types of pizza. They're just different variations of good. Right. Of course, the best pizza is Costco pizza. Well, there's My that. My favorite. Grab a slice, grab a whole pie, there's and even of course the hot dog and drink deal yeah. is inflation break. Well, I gotta start 50. this with hi, I'm Kyle Madsen. Kyle <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Madsen. Seriously. You. I love hot dogs. Hi. Yeah. I'm Kyle Madsen. Hi, I'm um, Joe Spadoni. And when I get up at three forty five in the morning, all I can
1: think about is getting a Costco hot dog. I, Boy. Well, I just pulled up <laughs> I pulled up the Costco food court <laughs> menu. Oh, okay. And I and I started thinking about everybody loves the damn pizza and the hot dog so much. Oh, it's the hot dog. How come everybody hasn't tried some of these other things? I think I think I know what the answer the is. Chicken bake. Well, yes, there you go. Yes, the chicken bake, which costs twice as much as a hot dog, which might be the issue. Because the hot dog, you all know that one of the reasons it tastes so good is because it's a dollar fifty, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that it's. I mean, it is. It tastes great, but phenomenal. It, it's hundred percent all beef. Hi, I'm Dan Dibley, <laughs> Kirkland Signature. <laughs> totally, hey, I understand that it's great, <laughs> but it's also great because it's a dollar fifty. If you charged $5.50 for that, you could fit it into any ballpark in America, and it would be the cheapest thing on the menu, but you wouldn't like it as much. Still a good dog. Still a good dog. But you're right. But it's not the best dog. No, This is the best dog because this is $1.50. And, uh and chicken bake's $2.99. It,
2: it ch- I haven't had the chicken bake. Maybe today's the day. <laughs> well, hi. I'm Kyle Madsen. Hi, let Kyle. Let me tell you, <laughs> the chicken bake, <laughs> well, twice as much as the hot dog from a cost perspective, Twice as good in taste.
1: Has yeah. anyone ever had the barbecued beef brisket sandwich? Hi, I'm Dan Dibley. That's a When lie. I go to Costco today. It's not a lie. I'm looking at the menu right now. Now it's four ninety nine. Are you out of your mind? That's too rich for my yeah. blood. Oh, I mean, who's oh, doing no, that? No I'm like, why would we do that? There's free food if we just walk up and down the aisles. We don't have to actually pay anything.
2: But I, a couple of cheese squares yeah, and crackers exactly. not like, tied me you're over. you like, I got a quiche. That's Dude, all I starving. got out of that. Stargirl. What else do I have today in terms of options before we get
1: back to Wiseman? Hot turkey and provolone sandwich. Sounds good. Which, by the way, how much? is uh, a little salacious to even say out loud. Uh, $3.99. It's a little rich for my blood. Yeah. Thank you. There's <laughs> Thank also you there's also salad. a chicken Caesar salad. Yeah, chicken salad? Caesar. We well don't make friends with salad. But it's chicken Caesar, let's oh, be please. honest. Chicken, chicken Caesar salad is the salad you eat when you're trying to act like you're eating a salad and you're right. not. Well, and you're height. actually like I'm stuffing <laughs> fat into my like yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm Kyle. I'm Comadson. Let you. me tell you.
2: When I want to shove vegetables down my gullet, <laughs> there's no better place to do it than in at Costco. Costco. Boom. With the Caesar You're salad. With the chicken Caesar yeah. salad. You're like, it's great. Pair that with a chicken bake,
1: a slice of pizza, a hot dog, or a turkey provolone sandwich. And that's a great uptake. And you can do all that for $13.99. And, and you can YouTube eat all of it. the comments are flying, by the oh, way. I've been told, by the way, that
2: they have gotten rid of the chopped onions at Costco. I need to be, I haven't been in a long time,
1: Dibs. Can you okay. confirm that in the food court for me, I please? Will? Yes, absolutely. Can I get game show, Music, please. Because now, I, now we also know the slice of pizza is a dollar ninety nine. However, you have two options at Costco. Not many use the other option. You also can get a whole pizza. Do you know how much it costs? Well, if a slice is a dollar ninety nine, okay,
2: and it's a big slice now. Yes, it, it is. So it's, it's not one twelfth of a pizza. I would imagine it's. Uh, I think it's an eight. I think it's an eight.
1: Uh, an eight slab. An eight pack. Yeah.
2: So. If you figure, if you extrapolate, that'd be a $16 pizza, but not so fast, my friend. There's no way
1: they're hitting you for
0: $16. And, and you bucks. know
1: Costco loves when you buy bulk.
2: Costco never do,
0: do such a
1: thing. $9.99 for a whole pie, Mark. That is right yes. on the number! It's very good. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Is that enough of that? Now that now everyone's really starving, can we send that to sales? Please, yeah, I'm starting it right now. Hi, you. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Dan Dibley, and that's Kyle Madsen, and his name is Joe Spadone, and we like Costco. Yeah, we like bulk.
2: Yeah, the only Costco. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. In fact, I can't wait to go to it. The- we- yeah. Okay, you're right. Uh, back to wise I got a couple <laughs> items to get. Look for me in San Francisco. Tenth and Brandon. Tell them Dibshan sent
1: you. Uh, whoa. I that, boy, that, <laughs> three, right, on, three two, one, that. go.
2: Hey, I'll be at the Costco today. Tenth <laughs> and Brandon. And if you get on there... Tell them Dib sent
0: you. All right, three, two, and one. And one. Oh, okay. Go to hell, right. Thank you. Back
2: to uh, maybe another daily delivery yeah. live from Costco. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's not bad. bad, right? Might be eleventh and Brian. Yeah,
1: I don't I even here. know. It's down there somewhere. All right, Bye. I gotta uh, Google it. Back to uh, Slates. Thank uh, you, <laughs> Anthony Slater. Yesterday, since everyone seems so confused on why the Warriors are playing veterans over young, exciting, high-flying twenty-year-olds.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I think it goes back to a couple years ago. Uh, remember, they had the Kelly Oubre season where Wiseman was in and out of the starting line. he was a rookie, uh, they had Alan Smiley, Geech, Eric Paschal, you know, various younger guys. And then uh, I don't know if you guys remember the exit interviews that season. They had lost the play-in to Memphis, didn't make the playoffs. And all Steph and even Bob Myers would came to the podium and said, veterans, got to add veterans. Um, you win with veterans. That's how you win. They did add veterans uh, last season and hit on them, which was the big deal. You know, you get Gary Payton at the minimum, you get Otto Porter at the minimum. And the interesting part about the Payton one is the veterans wanted Avery Bradley because he was proven. They went with Payton, and, and the front office won that little. Mini battle, I guess you would say. But it worked. They won
1: the title. Yeah, this is a question if you, uh, and I know we we love to do this, if you could inject truth serum or if you could get people in a quiet room where there were no microphones and they could trust completely that it wasn't going to get out of that room. I I really want to know how the power structure works when it comes to minutes. Because I, I find it to be too easy for all of us fans to just point at Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr? Why didn't you play James Wiseman? Right. And then we move on. As if this multi-million dollar, multi-year investment by a multi-billion dollar company is allowing that investment's future to simply be run by the idle thoughts of Steve Kerr. Like, that that has to be some sort of a collective discussion. And so, from Steve Kerr up the front office all the way to ownership, but also out onto the court... Like how much say do you think that Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Kavon Looney, remember? I ride with Loon, um have when it when it comes to this. I don't know the answer, but my gut tells me that a lot of the anger some of you have towards Steve Kerr because of the lack of minutes for young guys. It's actually coming from a lot of those players as much as anyone else. Absolutely,
2: and I think that Steve Kerr is a smart man when it comes to how to win an NBA championship. He's won four of them as a coach. I think he's won nine of the last thirty-six as a player, so crazy. A coach, an assistant coach, etc. <laughs> yep. I think he's won. I think that's the number. He's won twenty-five percent of the championships since 1990 or something crazy like that so steve kern knows from nba basketball he knows that you can't win with rookies you need veterans to win a championship and so he has veterans who've won championships and so you think that he has a conversation with these vets either spoken or unspoken as it pertains to who they want to play with Absolutely, he does, and they do. Now, they don't have to come out to the podium and say, yeah, we told Steve, don't play Moody, don't play Kaminga, don't play Wiseman, or else. But you think that there's conversations that are ongoing in terms of who we can
1: ride with? I mean, I just feel like that's any good business, isn't it? It's any good business. Anybody a boss out there? You guys home? you manage people? Like, do you just iron fist? This is what we're doing. My way or the highway? Like, especially now, does that work? Like, everyone's gonna hate you. I mean, I you know this to a fault. I even do this with my kids. I let them have a voice. Yeah, you have to. I let them have a like in, in, to a fault. But you have the and final then, say. Yeah, I got in the final say. Playing time and and, and so the buck, all the, rest the buck stops with Steve for sure. But I've never in the history of Steve Kerr have I ever gotten the vibe. I don't think he's ever not even vibe. He has said it. How many times? Andre Igodala here. You you take the board. Run the run the run the team here for this timeout. Or, hey, Luke Walton, you get 40 games. Or whatever. Like, how about, remember when Kevon Looney started in the playoffs? He essentially put it to the room. Who do you want the fifth person to be? Exactly. We want it to be Looney. Let's
2: ride. Well, even famously in the first series, in the first title run where they went to Memphis, they were down two games to one, and they opened it up to the room, and it was, hey, we want to have the current vet min guy in the starting lineup so that they could lock down Memphis
1: and it changed that entire series. Totally. So I I don't know what got us from point A to B to C to D uh, on down the line where now you've got you've got these four young players who have all gone to four completely separate places which is not was not the plan. I, it's very unfortunate. But it, it, individually with each of them you st- you sort of understand it. Jordan Poole has become a main piece of, of the team. He already was. Um, however, his growth into being a, a potential star has been a little wobbly this year, but that's Jordan Poole. Kuming is the one of the other three that broke through into a rotation, feels like he's developed. Wiseman is not even on the team, and Moody is in purgatory. So all four of them have gone to separate places. What brought each of those four to those spots, I, I i mean, I get the sense that Steve Kerr is one of maybe ten voices on those journeys. Um, we point solely to him, though, and I get it. He's the head coach. He's the head coach, and it, he bears
2: the responsibility. When they win the championship, he's the head coach of an NBA champion, and when they mismanage, if you believe that, young players, and you go 31-30, and 30, He bears the responsibility, and he knows this, and he takes it on willingly. He never shies away from it at the podium or otherwise, but you're right, Mark, in terms of, let's go back to the beginning of the year, where they enter the year, and Draymond has punched Jordan Poole in the face, and you've got Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, you've got Baldwin Jr. and Rollins, you've got Lamb- And you've got Jerome, and you've got Jermichael Green, you got Dave Vincenzo, and they're looking at all the coaches are sitting down and they're thinking, how do we navigate this year? We want to win a championship. We also want to develop the young players. Do you think that Steve Kerr went into this year and thought, to hell with the kids, to quote Matt Steinmetz? Definitely not. He wanted to do both. And as you got into the year, it became pretty clear to Steve Kerr and the coaching staff and the veteran players that James Wiseman was not ready to be a winning part of the equation. And right. Moses Moody wasn't ready to be a part of the regular rotation. Divincenzo, yes. Jermichael Green is a maybe. The two-way players, kind of. And Kaminga has grown into that.
1: It's so, it's so interesting to me because I feel like so many of our sports conversations right now end up in what is, if you barrel them all the way down to the bottom there are conversations about now versus then and which do you prioritize so if i even asked you as a sports fan what what matters to you now or i mean obviously now matters now. but only now or now and then it's now 80 percent, it's then 20 okay.
2: percent, and i think the giants are a good conversation piece in terms of now versus then the because giants. you can rattle off eight or nine or ten prospects And I wish you wouldn't, but if you want to, you can. Luciano's
1: coming, You can Mato's me into
2: submission. You can Luciano me into tomorrow. You can Patrick Bailey me, and I will fall asleep. It's great. 2026, I hope that they're all a part of a winning Giants team. But now, I'm more interested in Conforto and Hanny. I call him Hanny, Haniger, and you know David Vard third, <laughs> and all the rest. of Casey yeah, Schmidt. Oh yeah. boy, is he flashing in
1: Arizona? I, it, it, it's, to it's, me, it's 80-20, Mark. And I and, and for the answer is whatever you want it to be. Like you're you're a fan, sure. you get to decide what. But but here's what I see that, and, and I'm just I'm trying to figure it out. I want to know the calculus here. So if the Giants are bad. Because they're staying flexible and they keep pitching to you, uh, uh, hey, we got young people coming. Uh, Luciano, two we got, for three we got young, in and low A. And everybody's ticked at them because they're not the Padres. Why don't you just 300 to everybody right you now? Get 300. You <laughs> get 300. Now, 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 now. Right? It's like little kids yeah. at dinner. Now, 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 now. I got right. one of those. So then here's the word. I war- can't get the spoon to right. her fast enough. And then baby. Here, here are the Warriors going, look. We are desperately trying to do now because we have Steph in his 30s, Clay and Dre in their 30s. So we are desperately solely focused on now. And so many of the fans are like, "Mm, but what about then? Two timelines, Mark. Can you somebody help me? Are we overly obsessed with now Or are you buying then? Because if you're buying then, like I almost want to just like get every fan in a room. If you're mad about Wiseman, then you better be patient with the Giants and shush. You don't get to be, well, the Giants are boring. And at the same time, uh, tell me that the Warriors did something wrong with Wiseman. It, is it now or is it that what are well, we rooting you can for do
2: both if you're the warriors well, and that's where fans want you to do both but, because but is you've that got,
1: possible well
2: it felt like it was possible going into this year because you're now know. you're now you have three guys who've won four championships you've got wiggins who was maybe the mvp last year if it wasn't for steph curry in game four you've got kavon looney and jordan Poole, who's kind of a part of both so you look at that core and you think yeah we got now covered, so why don't we have some then as well? Give me Wiseman, give me Kaminga, give me Moody, give me the other young players, and let's still win. We can do both, but when you start 3-7 and seven and your then looks like it's three or four years away, and that's kind of like your, your Giants analogy, I think, is appropriate because Kyle Harrison... Might be both. He's probably now, and he's also probably then. He's close, but right. Luciano, Matos, Bailey, and whatever other no-name guys you want to throw at me, <laughs> they're not now. They're not ready. And I know baseball's different because it takes For three sure. or four years to become now. But
1: you look at Wiseman at 7'2", why can't he be now? Listen, you okay, you said it, and, and this is a classically human American thing. Yeah, we want it all. We want it all. Shout out, Queen. I'm trying to figure out if that's even possible, though. And and I mean that in this particular situation. I don't want to hear, well, the Spurs, great. That that was totally different.
2: And I'm looking at their team right now, by the way, and you mentioned this earlier. You can't win with young players. And everyone wants to look at Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs. Tony Parker was 31. Tim Duncan was 37. Boris Diaw was 31. Manu Ginobili was 36. Yes, Kawhi Leonard was 22. But... That was a veteran laden team that had the final piece, which was Kawhi Leonard,
1: a future Hall of Famer, right? Like that's the other three other Hall of Famers is the point. Yes, yes, your point is good, and the other point is he wasn't just a 22 year old player; he's a player who ended up turning into a bona fide star, right? And we don't know that about any of these people. So, has an NBA team ever won with a young core? No, exactly, no. No, and and I know people are like, well, hold on. They weren't going to be the core. We've got this core. That's my question, and I believe we have the answer. I wanted it all, too. I wanted to keep everybody and defend a championship. I look at the story of this year, and I have come to the opinion it wasn't possible. It wasn't possible to defend a championship and inject Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody into 25 minutes a night. I did like sometimes that awful phrase that people use because it doesn't make any sense about having cake and eating it too. What does having cake mean if you're not eating it? I don't understand, but that's, we'll put that over here. Well, it's,
2: I have uh, a wedding cake in the freezer, (laughs) so I have cake that I'm saving for our one year anniversary, Right, but
1: but I also ate it too. Yeah, So (laughs) I I actually get it now. Right, but no, but you, to have the cake, you're not doing anything with it until you eat it. But I have cake. Right, but it, if you're just I kept it forever, the other part of it,
2: no, it <laughs> doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. It's a because terrible phrase. My mother-in-law loves to make cake, and hey. so we had cake on Sunday, and we had cake, but we ate it. You ate and it, and now we don't have. That's cake. That's what it means. To have <laughs> we cake. don't have
1: cake anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, sponsored by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. I mean that. That's that's what it feels like to me. I I don't know how. And sure, hindsight 2020. Oh, well, they weren't going to win it anyway. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But damn it, I, I certainly wanted them to try. Damn it. And it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Nothing is over until we decide it is. So, Gosh darn it. Um, Bob's Discount Furniture also in part sponsoring Willard and Dibs. Uh, John Lynch is about to talk. Uh, so is Danny Morang. He is embedded with the Blazers like no one else. So that great Dame Lillard, Clay Thompson, 71 points. The conversations we've been having today, we'll get a little deeper into that next as we get ready for tonight's big game. Right here on 95.7, the game between the Blazers and the Warriors on Willard and Dips. Damn it.